Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. One of my favorite sayings is life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And I mean, these bike tours are often slightly on the other side of people's comfort zones. But, you know, it's rare that someone comes back from one of these tours and says, I didn't have one of the most amazing experiences of my life. budget-minded traveler podcast your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone hey everyone we're back today with part two of the traveling jackie goes bike touring in europe conversation that we started in episode 90 Uh, In that last show, I brought Jim Johnson, the founder of Biketours.com, on to chat with me about some of my concerns as I was heading into not one, but two week-long bike tours in Europe. And today, we get to find out how it went, what I think of the world of bike touring, advice for others considering the same, and I'm also taking some time to answer some good reader questions that I received via Facebook and Instagram during the tour uh, that I thought were worth talking about. And don't forget, we have a special gift for you that we're announcing at the end of this episode. So make sure that you stay tuned for that. This episode is brought to you by biketours.com. They offer over 200 bike tours in 40 countries throughout Europe and make the selecting and booking process super simple. Plus, they are real people passionate about cycling themselves who are available to help with any questions you might have along the way. Week-long packages start at just $700 and you'll find tours for all ages, interests, and abilities from solo cycling to families and groups. Just one warning for you. Do not go to this website while you are at work. You run the risk of daydreaming about island hopping in Croatia or wine tasting along the Danube River or eating all the gelato in Italy. Check out biketours.com to view tours or go to travelingjackie.com slash bike tours to learn more about my personal experiences cycling with them. All right, you've waited long enough. Let's see just what I thought about this whole bike touring business. Okay, I've got Jim Johnson from biketours.com back on the show today to continue the conversation about bike touring. Now, after the fact that I've completed two bike tours myself. So Jim, welcome back to the show. Thanks very much. Great to be here and welcome back as well. Thank you. It's It's been a really fun couple of weeks. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. And, and thanks for coming back on. These, uh, these before and after episodes can be pretty powerful. And I have a feeling that today's is going to be no different, especially because I get to be the guinea pig this time. And uh, and now I've done something that I was kind of afraid to do. And, um, and I'm super excited to talk about it. <laughs> you can probably tell from my voice. Absolutely. Yes. Last time we talked was actually just a couple of weeks ago. I had never done a bike tour before. And when I say bike tour. I mean, riding a bike for several days at a time, exploring a new area with or without a guide, basically just seeing a new place by bike. Um, And I had all the questions for you. (laughs) And I asked those and we kind of went through my concerns. And now I've not only completed two bike tours, but one of them was completely on my own, which I'm pretty proud of. You should be. Good for you. Thank you. Um, yeah, I just finished a seven-day bike ride from Passau, Germany to Vienna, Austria, which is about 220 miles all by myself. And I actually just cracked a beer to celebrate getting to finish this conversation with you on a high note. <laughs> I know it's early where you are, but it's after five o'clock here. So... Yeah, it's it's after five somewhere, and you happen to be there. I, I'm ha- I happen to be where it's five o'clock. Um, yeah, I'm still in Germany at the moment. Uh, I guess I was in Austria yesterday, but yeah, I uh, I just did this 
Danube bike path and by myself, which was a super accomplishment for me. Um, and then the first one that I did was actually in Portugal. Um, just for the sake of the listeners out there, it was called Castles and Wines of Portugal. And um, both of these tours are ones that you promote on your website on biketours.com. And have you done both of these before or just the Danube one? Just the Danube one. I've actually done the Danube one repeatedly. <laughs> okay. I, I love it. And I love going back there with friends. And then the friends go back there with friends. Uh, and you know, every season is different. You know, as you experienced everything, you're so up close and personal with everything mm-hmm. that things are bound to change from season to season or day to day. But I must admit, I have not just not been on the Portugal tour. Mm-hmm. I've never been to Portugal. <gasps> Something I feel that I know, I know, I know. There are a few European countries I haven't been to, but Portugal is one of them and I need to go there. I think you're going to be sad when you get to Portugal and realize that you haven't been yet because it's so beautiful. It's I like to describe Portugal as Tuscany meets California Highway 1. It's like the cliffs meet wine country in mm-hmm. just dramatic fashion. And then it's also one of the more affordable countries in Western Europe, which is a nice break. Um, the people are so nice. The language is, you know, it's beautiful. And yeah, Portugal is definitely... There was only one thing that I have to complain about this time and it was the weather <laughs> because mm-hmm. they get the coastal climate a little bit more than other places in Europe. And we actually had a couple of days of rain on our guided tour so much that we couldn't actually ride. Oh my. We, yeah, we, but it was great because since it was a guided tour on that one, you know, um, we had a driver in a van. And instead of biking to the places that we were going to bike to on those couple of days, we just took the van to them. And so we still got to see all the cultural things that we were going. In fact, we got to see a little bit more. We made extra stops because we didn't, you know, it took us not as long to get around. And so, I didn't really miss it. And honestly, okay, this is my first bike tour ever, right? And the first day that it rained was day three, which is kind of perfect timing because (laughs) day two, (laughs) day two was a little difficult for me. (laughs) I uh, I was a little concerned beforehand about how the seat would feel, you know, <laughs> on my first bike tour. And uh, the, I guess the, the positive news about that is that you really do get used to it. But that day two, it's like day two is the worst of that. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was actually not sad to just have a rest. And then it was perfect. Like after that, I was not sore again. Uh, my legs didn't even get sore on that first trip. And that was super hilly. So... I think that the rest actually was strangely ideal for my first ever bike tour. So you're not going to hear me complain about that. <laughs> yeah, and, and you actually bring up a very good point because a lot of people are thinking, I'm going to go on a bike tour and this is going to be, yeah, it's going to be fun, but it's going to be an ordeal and I'm going to be pushed and prodded and yeah. so on and so forth. It's about having fun. It's vacation. So you know, if it's, yeah. if it's rainy and you're on a guided tour... Or even if it's not rainy and and you're tired and you want to get into the support van, you get in the support van, you know, and no one's going to look at you and say, "Aha, uh-huh, slacker." No, <laughs> I mean, it's not. Everyone there is they want to have the best time possible, and they don't want to come home and say, "Well, you know, I I did it. I'm miserable, but I did it." And that's not what what a vacation or a bike tour is about. No, nope. And I I don't think that that would be. Man, I don't think that that would that would happen anyway. I mean, you're not going to sign up for a bike tour if you're not if you're not ready to at least push yourself a little bit, you know. And so I think that um, you know what was interesting for me was at the end of it, I was talking um, with another guy who was on the tour, and we were talking about our highlights of the week. And I was trying to figure out what my highlights of the week were, and I listed out. I mean, in my head, I I was trying to narrow it down because there were so many. I kept thinking of all these things, and I realized that all the things that I was highlighting were all the routes that we took, were all the paths, the roads that we rode. And I realized that, like, my favorite highlights were actually the the times that we were on the bike riding. Those were the highlights, and that 
was really neat for me to recognize because I mean, we did a lot. We got to see a lot of things. I learned a lot. Um, we ate some delicious food. But the fact that the riding was actually the highlight for me was super... I was surprised. I was surprised to recognize that. But it really made the whole thing uh, super impactful for me because I realized you know, it was my first bike tour. I didn't know if I was going to enjoy being on a bike that much. I just had no idea. And it turns out that <laughs> I loved it. It was so fun. Oh, I great. loved it. That's great. That's great. Yeah, I, I love hearing stories like this when people come back from their from their bike tours, especially their first bike tours. Because it's like the whole world just opened up in a different way to them. Mm-hmm. Just seeing things at a different pace. And, and uh, my guess is a lot of those routes, a lot of the riding that you experienced, if you'd been in a car, uh, you would have seen it fly by in two seconds and not seen it. You, We wouldn't have even been able to go to the places that we went. Right. Right. I mean, they were back dirt roads, you know, and through just orchards and cow fields. And I mean, there was mud in a lot of places. I mean, there was one time that we were on this back trail in the middle of farm country in Portugal. And we pass, we were pulling up, like passing this farm and, you know, we're seeing all these cows and I was paying attention to the cows as we're going by. And then I recognize that there's a farmer out there in the corner with one of the cows and he's doing something like definitely he's on a mission of some sort and I'm just staring at him because he's he's probably like a hundred meters away you know it wasn't really easy to see and the guide and I both stopped and I said is that cow giving birth (laughs) and he said it certainly looks like it and so we stopped and we watched as this farmer I mean he even called out to us because he saw us at his fence and he invited us in he said come on around, the gate's open, you know? And I think it looked like his wife and even like his daughter were, were there. And I mean, they were working on this cow, you know, and, and I, I, we were close enough. <laughs> um, but, you know, he had invited us in and we opted to just stay out on the trail, but we watched, I mean, we had a view and we watched him help this cow give birth, like right there on the back in, in, the, in his farm, like from this bike That's path. Amazing. It was amazing. Wow. It was like truly just a moment, you know, and we're like, well, okay, that just happened. Let's cheers to this brand new cow's life and, you know, keep going. And I mean, those are the things you don't, you just don't do that in a car, you know? Most of my driving that has never happened, I got to say. <laughs> yeah, mine either. I've never witnessed <laughs> that before. I mean, you had, you had talked about this before um, when we, when we talked before that, you know, it is a whole different way of seeing things and it kind of opens you up. And I heard you, but then I went and experienced it. And the cool thing for me was I love being outside. I love multi-day hiking trips. I love running in the mountains. I love pushing myself. I love exercise and activity. You know, that's the kind of traveler that I am. Uh, I've never gotten on a bike like this before though, you know? And as it turns out, it's so, so similar to, I mean, the, I guess in a way the benefits are very much the same. You're outside, you're in the elements, you're exposed to the smells and the sounds and the sun and um, the wind. And you're also pushing yourself, you're using your body, you know, you're exercising, um, you're earning, you're earning everything that you do because you feel good. You're out there pushing yourself and um, you see so much more because the pace is just I mean, so much like a hiking trip, only it's faster. So you actually get to see more. And this whole idea is so simple in the end, but it still kind of blew my mind because I just didn't ever think about it in that light or put it together that (laughs) I don't even know why. I think it's because, you know, just since I hadn't been used to biking, it's like I never even thought about it. And now, like you said, this whole new world has been opened to me. As, Excellent. You know, that might sound cliche, but it has. And I'm super excited to continue exploring it because because um, I did really enjoy it. And, you know, by the time that Portugal tour was over, I only had about five days rest in between. Mm-hmm. And I was so ready to get back on it. I was excited. I was super excited to get back on a bike and like keep going because it's, you get used to, you know, you have your bike, it's your space. And I mean, it's like, 
I don't know. There's something just special about getting on the bike every day and having your set route. And it's just so cool. It's a, such a different way of traveling that I never knew before. And uh, I think you can tell I liked it. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and what impresses me is that you ended one tour and, and that was a group tour, a guided tour. Then you went on a self-guided tour and you still had that same energy, that same passion, that same excitement. Yet, you know, you were entirely on your own at that point. I'm sure luggage was transferred and, mm-hmm. and everything was planned out for you. But, you know, there wasn't someone you could turn to every minute and say, you know, am I doing this right? Or mm-hmm. did I take the right turn? Of course, on a, on a, on the Daniel bike route, there's very few wrong turns you can take. But still, you, you know, there was no security blanket there for you. Yeah. And that that is a good point. One of the biggest differences between the guided and the self-guided... Well, actually, I'll start with this. I was really happy that I started with the guided tour first because it was it was a really good hand-holding introduction into the world of bike touring. It's exactly like when you first start traveling, say you go and you study abroad with a program first, or you volunteer abroad with a program first to get you introduced to the world of traveling. Someone's there holding your hand, kind of introducing you to every, how things work. And then once you get a little bit comfortable, you've you've done it before, you've gotten onto a bus, you've checked into your hood, like you, you understand the workings of it all. Then you can go off on your own. And it was similar for me with biking because, I mean, I know how to ride a bike. I've, you know, I know how to ride a bike. That's not the point. I just, I don't spend a lot of time on bikes. I don't spend a lot of time on bike paths. I have never packed a a, um, a bike bag. You know, I've never even been close to doing any sort of thing like this before. And so having the group environment where I wasn't alone packing that bike bag and getting it set up and making sure it clicked in place right. And when we would stop and have our breaks, we liked our, we locked our bikes together. Um, you know, like I got used to how everything worked for that first week on a guided trip. And then by the time I was off on my own, I felt very confident to be able to make those even small decisions by myself and feel good about them. Like I knew my bike was going to be safe when I did this or that. You know, I knew how to connect the the bike bags and I knew how to pack them because I had had a week of practice and I knew what I needed by then. And so it was like a hand holding that guided tour. And then one of the things that I wanted to mention was the biggest difference for me between the guided and the self-guided tour. Because beforehand, you know, I was trying to do as much much research as I could, and and the the big difference that was pointed out to me from what I read was, well, you're by yourself, and I thought, is that really it? Like, is that really <laughs> the biggest difference? Um, and I actually noted a different difference, and maybe it's because I'm really used to being by myself, and so that didn't stand out so much to me. I mean, yeah, I was alone, but I think the biggest difference of being on my own was not about you know, the, the directions or, um, or how things flowed or the fact that I was on my own. Um, it actually was more of a cultural thing because when I was in Portugal, I didn't have to think about what do I want to see or where do I want to go or where do I want to stop? And I was brought to all these places and I learned so much about just cool things. You know, we went to a pottery museum and we learned about cork trees and, you know, there's so many just cool cultural things in that region of Portugal with wines and castles and history and then, you know, marble. I mean, there's just a lot. We did all those things. And when I was by myself, it was up to me to do anything. And so I actually didn't do a whole lot because... (laughs) I I didn't really know what to do, you know, and in the in the material that I was given at the beginning of the week uh there were suggestions for sight sightseeing like visits all along the way. And I generally only did the ones that were right along the path. Like there were a lot of deviations and I never did those. Like I didn't go up to any okay, there was one little hike that I did to go see a view. But there were a couple of uh, churches or um, abbeys and things that were kind of up on mountainsides. And I'm like, wow, that's a steep mountain. I'm just going to keep going. You know, <laughs> like, 
it's easy to yeah. make those decisions. But for me, the the biggest difference between guided and self-guided was just um, less attractions. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It makes total sense. In the end, it's a personal decision. I mean, you can do whatever you want. But I thought that that really, I guess, surprised me as well is that it wasn't about the directions. It wasn't about getting lost. It wasn't about anything going wrong with the bike. It wasn't about feeling off. It wasn't about the weather. It was nothing. It was just like the actual, you know, what you're going to see from day to day. That was the biggest difference for me, which I thought was really surprising. Well, I mean, you're, you're in every positive way, you're totally exposed to the world and the world is exposed to you. Uh, you know, when you're with a group, you know, there is, you know, a filter of sorts. It's still a wonderful experience, but with a group, it's a little bit of a filter, a cocoon, you know, whatever term you want to use. Whereas when you are out there on your own, everything you experience, it's 100% you, uh, mm-hmm. you know, not edited uh, by someone else's view of the world. It's your view of what you're seeing mm-hmm. or smelling or tasting, you know, or deciding. Mm-hmm. It's your decision. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the beauties of of solo travel. And that did not change even when I was on a bike. I wanted to uh, really quick touch on some of the questions that I had had and just how they actually ended up. Um, I did just mention that nothing happened with my bike. And it's funny to me to think like... That was one of my big concerns was what if something happened to my bike? (laughs) And I just have to say the bikes that are provided are amazing. They're not going to give you bikes that are... I mean, both of the bikes that I had were so nice. They were so good and comfortable. And I mean, nothing happened in the two weeks that I had both the bikes. Like nothing happened to them at all. Also, there were plenty of people around um, when I was by myself on the Danube bike path that I'm sure someone... Before I even got to a bike shop or you know figured out where the closest one was, I'm sure someone would have stopped to help me. So I, once I kind of oh, got going, sure. all fears about that just dissolved. Well, Austrian hospitality, you know, you're, you're never going to have to worry about... Uh, uh, you know, if you get lost or you have a bike breakdown, mm-hmm. you know, Austrian... And it's not just Austria, of course, you know, Europe, Europe as a whole... The Austrian, you know, they just love visitors along the Danube. So they'll take good care of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, not to mention, I had a, a text phone number, you know, for the people who ran the tour that I could be in touch with. And they checked in with me a couple of times and made sure everything was okay, you know, and, and everything was fine. So I mm-hmm, mean, mm-hmm. it was great. And on the Danube, it's especially easy to not get lost because you're following a massive river. So, you know, downstream, as long as you can kind of keep the river in your sights, then um, there were only a couple of times that it mattered that, you know, you, you cross here or, you know, don't don't keep going because then you you have to cross or you can't go back through this town or whatever. So there were a couple of times that I actually did take wrong turns, but I was never lost and it was really quick to uh, to figure it out. And the maps that they gave me, at least on this one specific tour, were really detailed. There were, they had pictures and maps and words and kilometer like distances and everything. And so they really do a good job to make sure that you know how to navigate your own path. Yes. While still giving you the options to, okay, you can cross here or in 18 kilometers, you can cross there and we recommend this and here's what you can see here. And so as long as you kind of like each morning before I um, started out, I would sit down with the map and all the things that they gave me and make sure I knew A, what town I was heading to that day. Um, and I would mark the you know the hotel on the map. And then I would look at what they suggested for sites and I would look at what they suggested for lunch stops just so that I would have in my head, okay, they suggested something in this town and this town. And honestly, I don't think I one time stopped at one of the places that... Maybe I did, but it would have been by, by um, chance. Uh, because you know you just kind of go. You just kind of flow, do your thing. It was very clear to me, basically, like I got really used to navigating it and figuring it out and how to reset the kilometers each day so that you can watch it. So that, you know, when you hit 25, that's when I need to start looking for this bridge or whatever. Mm-hmm. And all of the hotels were fairly simple to find. The last one <laughs> was like all the way across Vienna. <laughs> like, 
shoot me in the face. I had to take my bike through Vienna. <laughs> that was kind of scary. <laughs> but all of that. As most uh, American cities, I would imagine. I mean, it, it's yeah. They, they, you know, they have some really good bike routes in Vienna. Mm-hmm. I just want to go back. To one of the things that you were saying about crossing the river a number of times. Uh, if I recall correctly, you went. One of the times was on a tiny bike ferry. Oh, I did that twice, actually. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. That bike was like the size of probably most people's bathrooms. Like it was so small. The bike, the boat was so small. (laughs) And it actually caught me off guard because I was looking for like a ferry. And then I realized there's this tiny little wooden boat with like a deck. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Um, Surprise. Yeah, exactly. But they're the guys who drove the ferries were super nice to me. And um, I mean, it's on demand. And so you pretty much show up and they either come get you or they just ferry you across. And um, yeah, I did that twice on the first first day, I, the first or second day. And then the river started getting bigger, actually. It, got, it was like bigger and wider and the bridges were higher and scarier as I kept going. <laughs> Uh, but you made it. I made it. Yeah. Uh, I got several questions from um, some readers and followers on Instagram and Facebook that I'm just going to go through here because uh, they're really good questions. Okay, great. Maybe you can help me answer them because I- I'm pretty sure... I mean, I only know according to my two tours that I've done, you've done like a million bike tours. And so uh, maybe you can help me answer these for everybody. There's a million and three, I think. <laughs> three bike tours, but oops. and and always one more. Yes. So one of the really good questions was, where do you keep your clothes while you ride? Okay, this is a really good question because there's no way that I would have been able to do this trip with all of my luggage. Um, and these, the really cool thing about doing an organized bike tour is that they have thought about this in advance. So all of my luggage was transported for me. Each day, I had to have it at uh, the reception of my hotel by 9 a.m. And then it would magically appear to my next hotel by the time that I got there. And so all I did was pack the bike bags that I was given, which they were different on both of my tours. I had a lot more space when I went on the Danube one. I had like two bike bags and the front one. Um, And so I was able to bring, you know, uh, waterproof gear just in case... Um, a change of clothes in case I beat my bags to the hotel. Um, you know, I, I did I did do that, but I never once had to use it. They always had my luggage to the hotel ahead of me, which was really nice. So, on these tours, though, I think aren't isn't it always luggage supported? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and yeah, yeah. yeah I, I know there are a lot of people who like the whole self-contained approach, uh, where you know they have their uh, you know, all their gear on their bike. They even have their tent on the bike because they're going to camp and not go to a hotel. Uh, and that's a whole different style. But for me, being able to stay in a hotel every night and to have my luggage transferred from hotel to hotel, uh, you know, that's a lot more appealing to me. Oh, it was so nice. It was so nice. And I was a little worried at the beginning of um, having my bags out in time, you know, because I like to kind of have slow mornings and I'm, it turns out I, I ride pretty fast. So it didn't take me all day. And you know, to get somewhere. But by the last day, I think my bags were out like half an hour early because I just got used to being able to, you know, have what I needed with me on the bike and and send the rest away. And you just don't need it. I mean, you literally wear the same clothes every day. You pack your bike bags the same every day. And so you get really used to it. And um, it was a really nice service to have that. It made it super easy for me. Yeah, so it's one more thing elements of it is is just the convenience. I and mean, we like to say, you know, all you need to worry about is pedaling. That's it. Yeah, seriously. Um, it was a nice break on my neck too. I was a little bit worried <laughs> that my neck was going to feel not good, hunched over like that. But I think that that actually has a lot to do with carrying a backpack all the time because my neck actually did better on the bike than it has in months. So what? how do you explain that one? It's uh, bicycle chiropractic, I guess. Yeah, I that blows my mind. But now I'm back to carrying the bag, so we'll see how that goes. Next yeah, step for yeah. me is a rolly. I swear. There you go. Not a bad idea, mm-hmm. you know. And with the bikes, 
you know, most of the bikes on most of the tours, you know, you're, you're sitting upright as opposed to, you know, on the, on the road bikes, the racing bikes where, where you're, you know, sort of bent over. And, uh, what's really interesting to me is sometimes I'll, I'll go on a tour where someone is very used to the, you know, to the racing bike approach to the road bike and they're bent over. Uh, then they get on one of these bikes and they just, you know, they're, they're like, Oh wow! There's a world around me because they're sitting up and looking around. That's not staring twenty feet in front of themselves on the on the asphalt. So, and that's another thing I like about you know just you know these tours. They're not on racing bikes. They're not you know, they're not on fast bikes. They're it's all about comfort and seeing the world around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true, and I I think it's something you kind of just have to feel to believe, but it is true because I I was skeptical before you know, with the neck problems that I have, but man, it, it kind of blew my mind how comfortable it was actually. Um, and on the comfort note, I did get a pair of padded shorts for this. And on the, on the, on the Portugal tour, um, I had, I'm not even sure what a regular bike seat is, but I was going to use that phrase. (laughs) I think I had a regular bike seat and I requested a gel cover. It's like a slip cover thing that they put over it. Yep. And that really helped. That was another reason why I was struggling on day two because I didn't even know that gel seats were a thing until day two. <laughs> so, so, um, but by the time I got on my second tour, I had a totally different saddle. It was like bigger and cushier, and um, and so it just wasn't wasn't an issue at all after that first uh, day two for me. And, and and that's good to hear because you know whenever we hear from clients that. Uh, you know, they, um, they got worn out uh, on a ride. It's very seldom that it's about the, the lungs or about the legs. It's more about the butt. Mm. So it's important. You know, those, 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 uh, bike shorts are really important or, or having the right saddle or, uh, or the gel cover because if you haven't spent a lot of time on a bike saddle and you're, and you're spending a lot of time on a bike tour, um, you might have, might have some issues. Yeah. And the other thing there's two more things that I want to, before we get off of this subject, chafing is an issue because if you get padded bike shorts, the the seam where the padding connects to the material of the shorts, that I think is creates the issue. These are the things that I never really thought about or understood before. But someone recommended to me before I, when I was, you know... Um, <laughs> grasping for encouragement and advice before doing this bike tour, someone recommended mm-hmm. some sort of anti-friction, like a cream or something. I can't even remember what they what they recommended to me, but I bought a stick. It looks like a little tiny deodorant stick and it's called mm-hmm. anti-friction something. Yep. And, and that was great. It's like body glide stuff that you just like put where the shorts are going to cause issues and... You know, you have to figure out what the right combination is for you. I ended up actually, when I was in Portugal, it wasn't an issue at all because it was so cold that I wore pants underneath the padded bike shorts and I never had an issue at all. Um, And then in Austria, it was so warm. It was like 75, 80 degrees every day that um, I didn't need pants. And so I lost that extra layer of protection against my skin. And so... I ended up wearing, I hope this isn't TMI for everybody. I don't really care. I think it's helpful information. So I have a a skirt that I wear, like a running skirt that has shorts underneath and it's a skirt on top. It's just, that's all I have. Like I don't have hiking shorts or anything. That's what I use. And I ended up wearing those with the padded shorts, like I guess in the middle of them, (laughs) like over the shorts and under the skirt. And it was great because it, it brought back that layer of protection for me. Um, and so for me personally, that worked, but it did take me a little bit to figure that out. And I think everybody needs to kind of take some time to pay attention to like, what's going to work and how can I prevent before it's you know too late, which <laughs> hopefully that doesn't happen to you. Um, it didn't, it didn't happen to me, but you don't want to get too much, you know, chafing from your shorts going on. Cause I think that's where people end up getting off the bike if they can't like sit, you know, anymore. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And, uh, you know, I, I buy a product called Chamois Butter, and they spell butter, B-U-T-T, apostrophe R. <laughs> sort of cute. <laughs> well, that's what it's for. So that's, <laughs> there you for. go. Yeah. Uh, um, and, you know, and you can get it in, in large containers, but you can also get it in these little packets that you can take with you on a ride. So mm-hmm. you know, if, it, if you need a little bit more, 
midway through the ride, just go off into a exactly. discrete area. Maybe a little bit too much into the TMA, TMI well, area. Maybe, That's but a- you know what? I think people are going to be glad that we're talking about this because these are the things you need to know about. You know, this is exactly what's going to help you. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, folks, if you, know, if, if you don't like uh, hearing about this stuff now, you're going to thank us later. I yeah, promise you. Seriously. Seriously. It was one of the best pieces of advice that I got beforehand, I think. So there you go. I'm paying it forward. <laughs> so moving on. <laughs> uh People did ask, how much does this cost? And so this specific one, the Danube, it's about $1,000 for the week. But that's with everything, um, hotels, bike rental, breakfasts every day, and the support all included. And then you you know pay for your own lunches and dinners. Um, and then there's the upscale lodging option, which I did a little bit of a mix of both of the lodging. But I thought that that was really... What's the word? Just affordable? I mean, I think it's a really... It's it's a great value um, for how much I got to do and see. And some of the tours... I mean, you guys say that your week-long packages start at $700. I think that's mind-blowing. Like That's a really great deal. It really is. And we actually have some as low as $500. But you know, there's a more of a critical mass of our tours that are 700 and and most of them are under a thousand or 1100. One of the, one of my favorite things that happens on the Danube all the time where client will come back and say, yeah, start seeing these same people from another bike tour company. They were in our hotel the first night and in our hotel the second night and started talking to them on the third night. And the other people were with, you know, a big North American company and there's several of them. And what would happen is they'd have a conversation. So how much did you pay for your tour? And after the people on the biketours.com tours would say how much they paid, basically the other people's faces would go ashen and, and they'd start crying. But um, <laughs> but that's uh, what but, you uh, guys do well, is working directly with the operators. Yeah, and that's exactly it. Because, and, and I, I don't have anything negative to say about you know, the big North American companies, you know, other than sometimes the cost. But from day one, we only worked with the small local bike tour companies around Europe, and and their prices are so much lower. And getting a little off subject, but one of the things I really like is that when people spend money on a tour through us, most of the money is staying local in Europe in the communities where you're riding. Uh, they're not going toward you know big marketing budgets and salaries and things like that. Right. Yeah, that's really important though. It's really good that you pointed that out. It's sustainable, you know? Yeah, sustainability is is about more than not destroying things as you go through. It's also about supporting the environment you're in. Yeah. Yeah, so um, I think if if you guys just go onto biketours.com and just check it out, you'll probably be surprised at at uh, some of the prices that you see. And I would share that with people throughout the week, you know, and they and they were so, you know, they reacted with like, wow, okay, like this is something I want to do. I mean, there were multiple people saying this, like, that's great. <laughs> Go check it out. Seriously, because uh, I think it's contagious. It's fun, you know? Oh, it is. That is for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, here's another one that's really good. Um, is it flat? And I mean, first of all, the Danube bike path, yeah, it's relatively flat the whole way. Um, there were only a couple of hills. There was only one time that I even changed the left gear, you know, down down to down. Like I was sitting in two the whole time. Like I was just in that middle one. Whereas in Portugal, I was in and out of all three of them, like constantly because it was so hilly. Um, But yeah, with Danube, it's, it's a little bit different. And someone had specifically mentioned, you know, I, my knees can't really take the hills anymore. Um, how, how flat is it? And I just reminded her that, you know, you always have an option to get an e-bike. And there was a woman who was on um, in Portugal who had an e-bike and she was raving about it. And I actually did a little video that um, I'll link to it in the show notes when when it's ready. Um, but she was blowing by all of us on the hills. And she said, there's no way that she could have done it without the e-bike. And she loved it. She said it was really easy for her to learn. Um, she had never done it before and she had a blast with it. And so e-bikes are saving the day, I think, for people out there. Oh, absolutely. And and you know, we say that the e in e-bike 
Yeah, technically it stands for electric or electric assist bike, but we we say that the E stands for equalizer uh, mm-hmm. because it just makes it so much more possible for people who are not as strong as their riding partners to keep up with them. Mm-hmm. And we're finding, you know, since e-bikes have become more and more available, what's happened is that people who often had to take separate vacations would end up, now they can ride together. Mm. That's um, that's exactly what was happening with uh, the woman and her husband who were in Portugal. She, I mean, she totally beat him to the top of a hill and was like, man, this is just, this doesn't happen. Like, this is not normal. You know, usually she can't keep up with him. And so it's great because they were able to, well, I guess they kind of switched roles. <laughs> she was waiting for him. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, we were all kind of together. And so that was, that was great. All right. The next question was, how many hours a day are you riding? And I actually did keep track of this. Um, And it ended up being about three to four hours a day that I was actually riding. And that's not counting my meal breaks. So not counting the longer breaks when I actually stopped the the clock. Um, But I didn't think that was too bad at all. No. And what's interesting is never in almost 15 years... Uh, as someone uh, come back from a tour and said, you know, the distances are too short because even mm. a short distance, you're going to be out there as much time as you want enjoying things. You know, I've been on on days that are 20 miles and I started at nine in the morning and didn't get to my next place until four or five because there's so much to see along the way. Mm-hmm. So it's I always try to. I'm 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 proud of you for calculating the hours because I I've never been able to do that because I'm always just distracted by the things I'm seeing when I get off the bike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I um I really only stopped them for the longer meals, but and so that does include like shorter stops, you know, um, or even sometimes a coffee when I would stop and have a coffee. But I mean, three or four hours to to be and and you can stop whenever you want. Like that's another thing is. If you're starting to get uncomfortable on the bike, stop and have a coffee, you know, or take a walk around an orchard or wherever you are. I mean, there's there's always um, photos to take or some flowers to smell or you know something to to do to just kind of get you moving in a in a position that's not sitting on a bike all day. And so that I also found encouraging because it suddenly wasn't daunting to me the idea of sitting on a bike for hours. This is just not what you do. It's just not. No. Mm-mm. And you had said that. <laughs> you had said that to me before, but uh, it's very I true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, and I was doing about that the three or four hours a day. That was, I think I was averaging 35 miles a day as well. Mm-hmm. No, was it longer than that? No, it was longer than that. No, it was kilometers. What are the 50 or 60 kilometers a day is what I was doing. Yeah, it's about 35, 37 miles a day. So so yeah, if that if that helps give you an idea. Yeah, and I, I mentioned for some people that you know, that the Danube in particular has so many different uh, places to stay along the way that if you had said to us, for example, I only want to go 20 miles a day, mm. it would take you more days, but it's possible. So for people who really don't want to go great distances, it's absolutely no problem to plan uh, a Daniel tour around uh, around that. Yeah, definitely. And there are lots of options too of of doing the Danube tour. I mean, you can do overnight on on boats and do different things. Um, this is just the one that I did was was point to point, and I guess it's the most popular one, and I can see why. And that also leads me into my into the next question, which is, is it appropriate for families? And it amazed me how many families I saw out there. Absolutely amazing. With little kids, young yep. kids. I mean, there was one day that I was like playing leapfrog with a family of like seven and their uh-huh. oldest kid was probably 10. And I couldn't believe that they kept passing me. But it's because I kept stopping to take photos because Austria was being really pretty that day. And so... <laughs> Every now and then I'd hear a clamor of children coming. It's like, oh my gosh, this family is catching up with me again. It blew my mind. And then, I mean, I'd see them coming in the other direction and they were always smiling. (laughs) I'm like, how do you get your kids to be happy and riding a bike for so long? But, you know, they do it. They're out there. I saw them. (laughs) 
and and you know what? When you get to the hotel in the evening, they'll go to bed when they're supposed to because they <laughs> yeah because they're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, we yeah. just worked on a new video, and uh, and the uh, the text in it is uh, uh, it's about where you know what vacation will your kids be talking about in thirty years? Mm-hmm. And then we we have a little little caption that says hint. It will not involve mouse ears, mm. but it will <laughs> will involve two wheels. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, the number of families who come back from tours in Danube is probably the ideal place for a family bike tour uh, in Europe. Uh, they come back and say, and literally that this is the this is the trip that we're going to be talking about for the rest of our lives because it's such a shared experience that you know, and no one is looking at a smartphone. That's okay. I'm so glad you said that because there was another note that I took mentally during this whole experience. And that was, I was so present because you don't have a choice. You have to pay attention to the road. You have to pay attention where you're going. You have to pay attention to other people. And so you see what's in front of you. You see everything. Like You're like on hyper sensitive, like hyper whatever awareness. Not until you stop for a coffee or something, does your mind start doing other things? You know, it's like, whoa, I was so in that moment, you know? I mean, I just rode for all those miles and I was looking at the, you know, the river and the trees and the bugs and the trying not to run over the caterpillars and, you know, like the churches on the side of the path and the other people and the animals. And I mean, there's so much that takes your attention that you're so very present. Like you sent, you feel it all. Like you experience all of it. You know, you don't pass the time. Like it, you go with it. I don't I don't know if that even makes sense, but just totally this, um, just when I got here to Austria, actually, my friend had said to me, wow, that would, didn't, didn't that week just fly by, you know? And I was like, you know what? no, I felt every hour of the last week, like it was a nice, full, long week for me because I was so aware of everything that happened. And I mean, honestly, I live a lot of my life like that because I'm I'm traveling. And that's what happens when you travel. Like your days are really full and long. And I mean, a month for me is so long when it might fly by for somebody who's doing the same thing every day at home. Um, yes. But that's one of the things that I love about it. And a bike tour really brought that out, actually. I love hearing hearing anyone come back with uh, words like that from a tour because it, it really, you know, we talked earlier that you know, a bike tour, you really get to experience all your senses. You know, your your eyes are tired by the end of the day. Your nose <laughs> is tired by the end You're of the day. Exhausted. Your ears, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's so full. You, you know, you, you, you hear the... the the, the cowbells, you, you heal, you know, you smell the, you know, the, the lavender and so on and so forth. Yeah, exactly. You hear the cats in the background. <laughs> <laughs> that, that too. <laughs> that too. Uh, no, it's you. true though. It's so true. Um, okay. Two, two more quick questions. And these ones are, I think, pretty straightforward. Do I have to have expert map reading skills? And I kind of touched on this earlier. I think, and Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, at least on this one, I I told you already about how thorough the directions and instructions were that I was given. And so I would say no. Um, You just have to... I mean, I had photos. I had words. I had... (laughs) I had numbers, like I had all sorts of things. And so whatever you're good at reading, you've got it in front of you, you know? And so I think all of that put together makes for a really comprehensive idea of where you're heading. And in the end, you could also just use a map app on your phone. I mean, whatever is easiest for you, but they really, really did a good job to to try and provide me with everything that I possibly could have needed to make sure I knew where I was going. Yeah, and on a lot of tours, they will provide uh, either GPS units that attach to the bike, you know, to the handlebars, or will give you uh, GPX files that you can upload to use on your your map app or you know, whatever you whatever you're using. So, on the Danube, it's not all that important because it is so basically easy to navigate. But um, you know, on some tours, it's more complex and definitely comes in handy sometimes 
uh, to have, um, especially you know, if you're you're going down a hill and you see you can go right or left or straight, and you're wondering which way do I go, and you look down and see the arrow pointing to the left, just makes it that much mm-hmm. easier, and you can keep your momentum going. Yeah, that's cool. I did not have that. I did have though um, a little uh, that just the GPS, not the track, like the counter thing on my bike. It's yeah. just a tiny little thing, but it, I just kept it on um, showing me the total distance that I had traveled because it, it corresponded really well with the like kilometer by kilometer instructions, which weren't literally every single kilometer, but every like major, you know, option that you had, there was a kilometer marking. And so I was able to correspond like, where am I on my bike with how, how long have I gone and how far until the next turn or whatever. And so it was, it was pretty simple, straightforward. As long as you remember to reset it at zero every day, you know, which I did. So it was pretty easy. One of the first rides uh, or bike tours that I did, I thought I was going so far, so fast. I was so proud of myself. And then I was like, oh yeah, these are kilometers, not miles. Oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, there is that. I started by counting in miles and then everything was in kilometers around me. It's like, just, just do the, you know, convert. Um, It's easier to just do everything in the same. Okay. Last question is, I'm not a biker. Is this something most people can do? And this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why, why do you say yes? What do you think? Well, because, you know, you choose the tour that's right for you. You know, if you, you know, there are tours where literally, you know, you can go eight or 10 miles a night. There are tours where you can, as you had mentioned, a bike and boat tour where you know, if you're tired and don't want to ride every day, you stay on the boat and you're seeing the world from the, you know, go by from the, the deck of a, a beautiful boat or barge. You know, you mentioned the, the e-bikes. You know, if you don't feel that you can make it from point A to point B or that you can't keep up, they're the, you know, the electric assist bikes. So, you know, I'm not saying that everyone could do every bike tour that's on our site or that's out there, but there's pretty much a bike tour for everyone. Yeah. And I would say yes to that. Although... Um, I mean, I do think most people can do this. Heck yeah. Like if you want to go and do an active tour, do it. And if it means that you need to get in shape to do it, do it, you know, get yourself there because um, it definitely helps to be in shape. I mean, right now, like I said, I haven't been on a bike, but I have been hiking and running. Um, This is something that I do normally. And so I was in decent shape going into this. Um, I, I must say my calves are a lot sharper now than they were at this time last week. But <laughs> um, I, I think I saw that video. If yeah, I'm not I totally posted a boomerang. <laughs> I'll put it on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> it was my first boomerang ever. Isn't that funny? <laughs> I find that <laughs> hilarious. Uh, anyway, now that's embarrassing. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I will say though, it just, I think your life will be a lot easier if you are in shape. You know, I mean, don't, don't, fool yourself. It's not like, unless you're on an e-bike, really like it's not magically simple. You are riding a bike for miles and miles and miles every day. Um, and your life will be easier if you are in shape to do that, but you know, get in shape for it and do it. I mean, it's, it's a good goal to work towards and it's a beautiful reward. So I would say most people, absolutely. Like, like Jim said, choose the tour that's right for you and uh, get your butt in shape for it and then go out and do it. Yeah, and, and our staff, that's you know, a key element of what they do is helping people find the tour that is right for them because you know, I think we have a really good website, but a website is not going to necessarily convey the information someone needs to decide, okay, that's the tour that's right for me. Uh, you know, so we ask a lot of questions. You know, people will say to us, you know, you know, is the tour hilly? Well, first question we ask is, where do you live? Because <laughs> hilly to someone in Florida versus someone in Montana yeah. Uh, yeah. is is different. <laughs> That's true. Um, and every time that I go to your site, it seems there's someone online wanting to answer questions for me, which is nice. I feel like there's... Here's the other really cool thing. I just have to say this, is that there really are real people behind biketours.com. And that is a nice feeling. Every time I send an email, someone responds to me and it's not automated. You know, and... That's that's really helpful. So I think that when you say that you're there available, ready to answer questions, I believe you because I've already seen it, you know, and you guys helped me pick uh, this Danube tour. And I mean, as soon as it was presented to me, it's like, you know what? Yeah, I do want to do this. Like You called it. You were right. <laughs> well, and, and 
it, it really is so much fun to talk with clients uh, who are going on their first tour and have them come back and sound very much like you sound right now, Jackie, mm-hmm. where, you know, one of my favorite sayings is life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And yeah, I mean, these bike tours are often slightly on the other side of, of, of people's comfort zones. But, you know, it's rare that someone comes back from one of these tours and says, I didn't have one of the most amazing experiences of my life. <laughs> yeah. I am sure that you, you, uh, you get a lot of positives. I mean, it's, it really is a special thing opening up this whole, you know, a- adventure of, of cycle touring and it's exciting. I mean, I feel like I just discovered a new way to travel at age 33, I've been traveling for 15 years already, you know, and this is the first time I've done a bike tour like this. I'm like, yeah, I have something new I can try. And it also makes me wonder on top of biking, what else have I not tried that I might really enjoy? I don't know. I'm going to have to go out and, you know, find, figure it out, keep testing because turns out that I really enjoyed a bike tour, even though um, it's just not something I ever considered for myself. And here I am like thinking about getting a bike and bike bags and doing this in Bozeman. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, that's still Jackie talking. <laughs> kind of crazy, but <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so we have something special to share with the audience today. And that is um, a special promo code that you are offering for the same tour that I just yes. did. If you guys want to participate in the same Danube River bike path tour that I did, which is with upscale lodging, which I highly recommend because the difference in price is not that much and you get to stay in a castle. You know, I mean, do I really have to explain that? (laughs) And it's a nice castle too. Yeah, it's so cool. (laughs) It definitely had my favorite view of all... I mean, okay, easily. It's a castle, but of all the hotel rooms that I stayed in, it was such a nice view. I just didn't want to leave that one. But you guys can use just promo code Jackie when you sign up for the Danube River uh, bike path upscale lodging option on biketours.com. And I will put all the notes to this on the show notes page as well and remind you guys. But at least you know that that's out there. Um, So thank you, Jim, for offering that to them. I hope that you guys take him up on it and go do it because I had an incredible week. I will always remember the week that I rode a bike across Austria by myself. <laughs> yeah, from one country to another. You're in two countries too. Yeah, starting in Germany and ending in Vienna. It was, oh, and I, I have to say the weather was so perfect. I got really, really lucky with the weather, but it was such a great week. It was so beautiful. So, yay, I did it. <laughs> Good. You did. I know. And I knew you were going to. I know. I know. I knew I could do it too. But hey, I did it and I really enjoyed it. I really did. So that's always better, you know? All right. Well, we've already been talking for over an hour. So um, let's cut ourselves off. <laughs> and uh, and um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to continue this conversation another time. I mean, I think that there will, will be... I have a feeling that there will be more bike tours in my future. So... I have that feeling too. (laughs) I I can hear it in your voice. I know. That's what happens. It's so fun though. All right. Well, thank you, Jim, again so much for uh, your time today and for... You're welcome, Jackie. Thank you. Yeah. And for the promo code as well. I hope that they enjoy. I hope that they get the same you know, rewards out of it that, that I did. And if you guys have any more questions, you can always comment on the show notes page. Jim, thank you so much. And we'll talk with you again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Jackie. All right. Like I said there at the end, Jim is offering a promo code for you to do the exact same bike tour that I did. And that promo code is pretty easy to remember. It's my name, Jackie, J-A-C-K-I-E. And that is going to save you $100 on the Danube Bike Path Upscale Lodging Tour when you book through biketours.com. So thanks again to Jim for that. Um, I know that if you do it, you'll enjoy it just like I did. I highly recommend it. Once again, shout out to our sponsor, biketours.com. Their tour advisors are ready to help with any questions you may have as you explore over 200 European bike tours that they offer. 
I've done two cycling tours through them myself so far. The first bike tours I've ever done, ever. And I can now say confidently that cycle touring is such an incredible way to travel, especially if you like being active. Check out biketours.com to view tours or go to travelingjackie.com slash bike tours to learn more about my personal experiences cycling with them. You can find the show notes for this episode at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 91. And thanks for listening. I hope that you enjoyed hearing about my bike touring journey that is definitely not over yet. Safe travels, everybody. See you guys in the next episode. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.